This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Welcome to the Weekly Wrap, the week in news and what's coming up. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. In this week's episode, we talk about the UN resolution Australia voted for this week and warnings to Israel that it's losing support. We also revisit the Russia-Ukraine war with a solid news recommendation. Queensland lost a Premier, Netball Australia lost a CEO and the most famous dip in Australia has an anniversary. And by dip, you mean like in the ocean, Claire. (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) Let's do it. Most clicked link in the Squiz Today newsletter, we always start with this each and every week, Claire, was to the most Googled terms of 2023. And that's interesting. So fair enough, Squizzes. We get that you'd want to click on that. In Australia, things like the Optus outage, followed by the war in Gaza, uh, and the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum results Lots of what's that about kind of searches. All very sensible. And you know what? I saw a lot about this this week. So we're going to try something different, Claire, to start the podcast. Tell me a country, any country in the world, and in real time, I'm going to tell you its most searched term. Okay. Any country. India. India. That will be interesting. Most populous country. That's what I. That's yeah. where my brain's at. Yep. So what is G20? Okay. Did they host? They did host. There you go. How to prevent sun damage for skin and hair with home remedies was the number one how-to in India. Near me, coding classes. (laughs) There you go. Sports events, the Indian Premier League. Well, they have Cricket cricket World Cup. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Matches, India versus Australia. Lots of cricket. Lots of cricket. So there you go. That's what's happening in India. Do you want to do one more? That was fun. Um, (laughs) I enjoyed that. Argentina. Okay, that's helpful because it's at the very, very oh, top. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Um, what was trending in Argentina? Ooh, chat GPT. Okay. Interesting. The rest, music, Taylor Swift. Yeah. There you go. Let's go to Oppenheimer, Barbie. Not so different to us. Not so different to us. The world's getting smaller and smaller, as they say. Something like that. There you go. We'll drop a link so that you can have a look if you're interested in the most Googled terms of 2023. Moving on, biggest story this week was the UN resolution of which Australia supported, Claire. That resolution called for an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. There's a few things in understanding this story to get clear on. First of all, is Australia supporting this is a change? It is a change because we didn't support a similar resolution just a few weeks ago. It wasn't the same. But, a, but similar. Similar, mm. yeah. We abstained from that because it didn't call out Hamas as a terrorist group and it didn't call for the hostages to be released. And this new resolution that we have supported, it does call for hostages to be released, but it doesn't label Hamas a terrorist organisation. The second thing to note in all of this coverage this week is that the US didn't support this resolution. Of 193 nations, the US was one of only 10 who didn't vote for it. The UK didn't vote no, but they abstained. Just to get a recce on what a UN resolution is, it doesn't actually mean anything practically. It's not like you vote and then it's enacted. It's about gestures and sentiment. And what this did was show in votes that Israel is losing support for its response to those 7th of October attacks. Yeah. And as a consequence of this vote, Mm. um, it's something that Joe Biden, the United States president, foreshadowed ahead of it that he's warning to Israel is that 
they have the support of the United States and of Europe. They have the support of plenty of countries, mm. but it's an interesting sort of pulse take because the threat is that Israel is losing support. Um, it's interesting because Biden has consistently encouraged Israel to learn from the mistakes that were made by the United States in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. Yeah, it's something he spoke about really early on. I think we talked about it in the podcast. In Australia, Claire, this is really tricky for the government. There was a great piece in the Nine Papers by David Crow this week which detailed just how tricky it is given differing approaches to the conflict within the caucus. I'll put that link in your episode notes. They're very conscious of this, obviously. Yeah, and they were careful to not only just support this resolution but also to explain a bit further by putting out a joint statement with Canada and New Zealand. That's important because Canada and New Zealand are our partners in the Five Eyes network, Mm -hmm. of course, that intelligence intelligence network. The United States and the UK, who we just mentioned, the US voted no and the UK abstained. So it is a bit of a show within Mm. that group that there are differences of opinions and to explain it just a little bit further, um, what that statement did is outline our three countries' positions saying that we do condemn Hamas as a terrorist organisation and the attacks that they launched on Israel on the 7th of October, also that they recognise Israel has a right to defend itself. Yeah, it also noted, and I pulled this out deliberately because it noted that there is no role for Hamas in the future governance of Gaza, which brings us to this conversation about what happens if Hamas is defeated. Benjamin Netanyahu has made it very clear that is his intention regardless of global support. There's no easy answer. It's nothing easy or straightforward about this conflict when it comes to actually where are things at the moment Mm. and where might they go. But what we do know is that the United States has said that the Palestinian Authority should probably ultimately govern the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, those two Palestinian states. Mm. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu doesn't think that they're capable of that. And that Israel will need to have some level of control over security. Of course, it's incredible increasingly unclear how this will play out, including whether Arab countries in the region will step in and seek to support that Palestinian territory to rebuild. Plenty of analysts, Claire, are dubious about whether Israel will ultimately be successful in eliminating Hamas. Yeah, it's still a question about whether Israel will actually prevail in what they want to do. So it'll be a big one. It's a continuing news story. We'll be talking about it as we head into 2024. Other stuff that was really big this week in news, Cyclone Jasper (laughs) was huge. Luckily, not as destructive as it could have been though, Claire. Yeah, it seems like they've had a very near miss there. Yeah, It wasn't as strong as it could have been. It was a Category 5 at one point, like which is as strong as they get. So when it crossed the coast, it was around that two mark and now it's a tropical storm. It could reform when it gets across to the Gulf of Carpentaria, so they'll have to keep an eye on it. We'll keep Uh, hearing about Jasper. Yeah, exactly. But interesting to see the Queensland government's response to that. Um, Anastasia Palaszczuk, of course, stepping down as Premier. She didn't finish up until Friday, but we didn't see her all week. She actually announced her resignation after talking about Cyclone Jasper. She Mm. then said, okay, and now I'm done. I'm furious because, again, (laughs) a Premier who I privately predicted would step aside has done it without me being able to put it on the record. It (laughs) happened with Daniel Andrews. It's happened with Anastasia Palaszczuk. I love that you've taken these announcements very personally. It's all about me. (laughs) 
look, in this moment, I, I have to say, if it was me, I'd be exactly the You're same. Furious. Yeah. I mean, but to be fair, to <laughs> to not me, um, it wasn't a very outlandish call. It was pretty obvious that she had been under pressure for ages. Don't talk yourself down, oh, Kate. No. You had this unique insight. Oh yeah, it was yeah, so 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 insightful. Momentum has been very much against her, Claire. And in the fallout, it seems she jumped before she was pushed. Oh yeah, there's been you know, if you live in Queensland, you're living and breathing this in your news every day. But yeah. it did come to national attention earlier this year that she was under a lot of pressure and that the polls were slipping. So it does seem that they're going to have a bit of a stretch now to rebuild. They're 11 months out from a state election there. Uh, Palaszczuk's deputy, Stephen Miles, will really have to step into that role and go like the Blazers to take the team to an election and try for a fourth term. Yeah, they're 11 months out from that election. Um, Palaszczuk's been Premier for just shy of nine years. It's a long time. The polls show the tide might be turning against the Labor Party, though. The Liberal Nationals have a real shot at winning the state back at the end of next year, which is ages away, so who really knows? <laughs> what am I saying? Who really who knows? Who really knows, exactly. You sounded like a political pundit there for a second, but let's just balance it up with, I don't know. No one really knows. Federally, our treasurer was busy this week with MyEFO and migration. Give us the quick lowdown. Okay, so MyEFO, it's the official federal budget update that they do six months into the financial year, so we're sort of there. The headline, though, um, there's a prediction that this year's deficit will be just $1.1 billion, which is a $12.8 billion improvement. Sounds very boring. But remember in May, we talked about the Albanese government delivering a surplus. Remember that? Uh, yes. Haven't I had I, a surplus the, since in, John Howard. Yes, of course I remember that. Blah, yes. blah, blah. Yeah. So it's highly possible we could do it again, mm. which is very unexpected. Mm. So let's see how that goes. It's down to a couple of things. More Australians are paying income tax because unemployment is so low. They weren't expecting unemployment to stay so low. So that's good for the coffers. Um, plus the mining giants are paying a lot more in company tax because commodity prices are so high. This brings us to migration. How does this fit into the equation? Because it's partly about what people we get from overseas who can help us grow our economy. Yeah, exactly. And when it looks into forecasting into the future, of course, the big economic pie and how we grow that is a big part of it. It's also a big conversation about how we live, mm, society, transport, yeah, schools, yeah. you know, social cohesion, all mm. of those sorts of things. Um, this week, the government announced big reforms to the system. The top line from that is that there's a plan to make big cuts to the record immigration rate. We've had 900,000 people come to Australia since Labor came to office. It's, it's a big record high. The annoying question is what's net migration? Net migration <laughs> is... <laughs> because, I mean... People coming in versus people going exactly. out. Exactly. So 900,000 yeah. total people coming in, but people going out is a different thing. But obviously we had the, the pandemic as well, so people weren't going out. Yeah, but it's not like those people coming in just go and live in the place that the person going out. Exactly. Yeah, it's a There's whole, a whole, whole complicated it's a whole thing matrix of concerns. And I mean, this migration question has been building for a really long time for Jim Chalmers, the Treasurer, and Claire O'Neill, the yes. Home Affairs Minister. Um, so they're really trying to address that before the end of the year. And Kate, I know you're being very passive aggressive about this right now, but there will be a shortcut on it. There will <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Message received. Clearly I need it. 
Um, finally, we like to round out stories we've talked about in previous episodes of the Weekly Wrap. And one we covered a few weeks ago was Netball Australia's pay deal saga. Mm. An agreement was reached this week. The players got the pay rises. They got the revenue sharing partnership they wanted. So that will see players receive 20% of revenue above an agreed sponsorship forecast. So tell me this. Yeah. Did they get everything they wanted? Pretty much, yeah. The players. Pretty much. Amazing. Yeah. After all of that. After all of that. Wow. They don't have a CEO, though. (laughs) No, so Kelly Ryan stepped down on Monday, effective immediately. A couple of days later, this pay deal was announced. I don't know how those two things fit together. It's unclear. But from the outside looking in, it seems there's still a lot to be worked through to mop up the past few years. Yeah, a lot of bridges to be rebuilt. As a fan, I'm really pleased we'll be able to find out which player is contracted to which club now. We still don't, we, we didn't have that information That's as fans. That's a practical thing to know. Yeah, so it's it? good to know who's moving to which club. And When does the season start? I guess it's usually March or April. Okay, so, so not that far not away. Far, not far away at all. And speaking of moves at the top, Eddie Jones, Claire, the coach of the Wallabies this year, he is going to coach in Japan. I mean, if you're a rugby fan, like, and there are, there are very committed rugby fans, you'd be furious. And if anyone is has not been following what we're talking about, Eddie Jones was rumoured to be going to Japan for a lot of the World Cup campaign, which we didn't perform well at. He denied that. He still denies that. But now he's gone and signed a contract with Japan and he'll be coaching. Only him. started talking to Japan, he says, in the last couple of weeks. Oh, and he's, he's taken the job. It's anyway. quite the thing. Man. <laughs> Coming up each week, we look ahead to the week in news coming up. It's a tricky one the week before Christmas, but <laughs> we've got cricket. We've always got cricket to talk about yes. if we need something to talk about. First test against Pakistan is happening as we speak. Bit of drama beforehand around Usman Khawaja's shoes. Yes, and not that they were a pretty colour or that they were a bit fancy. No. Uh, what he had done was right on the side of his shoes. Uh, he had a couple of messages, freedom is a human right and all lives are equal, basically pro-Palestinian messages. Mm. He says it's a humanitarian message, that it wasn't particularly political, but the ICC, which is the International Cricket Council that governs these rules, said it wasn't on. Yeah, the ICC has lots of rules about what players can and can't do in test matches. He wore a black armband instead. To the cricket, the actual game, as I said, it's being played as we speak in Perth. The other big news story this week that will continue into next week, Claire, is the Lehrman defamation trial. Yeah, so Lisa Wilkinson stepped up to give her evidence this week. Uh, A lot of people have been waiting to see that. There's been quite a bit of reporting about how she handled the questions on day one from Bruce Lerman's lawyer. Um, Lots of eyes on her and how she's conducting herself what she's wearing, the oh, whole, yeah, the yeah, whole thing. The, the whole colour thing. of the year she yeah. was wearing, she, wasn't she? Peach fuzz, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's heading into next week. It was expected to wrap up this week, that defamation trial, but on they go. On they go. And it could, I mean, it could content, continue into next year. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, who knows? The uh, There's also a smattering of random stuff mm-hmm. as we head into uh, a break period for us. Tomorrow, for example, is the anniversary of Prime Minister Harold Holt disappearing while swimming off a beach near Portsea, Victoria. That's that dip we were referring to. <laughs> yep, back Fateful in 19, 1967. Wild to think of. I mean, imagine if Albanese just, just disappeared. Albo, don't go swimming. Don't this go Christmas. swimming this Christmas. <laughs> I'm sure it couldn't happen. Uh, Monday, the first radio broadcast from space. Okay. US President Eisenhower sent a Christmas message. That was in 1958. Tuesday's a day of birthdays. Keith Richards, 1943. Steven Spielberg, 1946. 
They're getting up there, aren't they? Well, look at Brad Pitt. Brad, Brad, Brad Pitt, 1963. So he is then 60. He's turning, no. He's 60. Wow. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Wednesday the 20th of December, could not find a thing. <laughs> could not find an interesting thing to tell you about Wednesday the 20th. It's my husband's birthday. Just chill out. I don't, yeah, <laughs> that's about the, that's all I've got. Chilling out with Sam Watson. Gravy day, according to Paul Kelly on Thursday. Yeah, look, I like Paul Kelly, but I'm not a devotee, so I don't quite get the whole gravy day thing. Is I that really un-Australian? Get- you don't get tomato sauce and I don't get gravy day so we're kind of equal now I think. Our, and our producer Annalise is looking at us discussing gravy day thinking and she's just mentioned to us that she thinks we're talking about various sources we understand that gravy day is related uh, to the Paul Kelly song yeah. just to be clear and I'm very committed to condiments just to be clear on the record as well <laughs> Claire, Christmas season is upon us with thanks to Woolworths. We've been talking about the little things that make Christmas special, gifting, Claire. Yeah. It's one of the wonderful things about Christmas, don't you think? Look, it's hard though, just knowing what people want. Some people are harder to buy for than others. I will give you that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And you've got a big family, Kate. What's your thoughts on this comment from our Christmas survey? Uh, Everyone opens one present at a time displays it and thanks the gifter before moving on to the next person and gift. No feeding frenzy gift opening where nobody (laughs) knows who got what from whom. (laughs) It's a good concept. My husband's family is very much all about this approach, Claire, and it takes forever. I'm afraid at my place it's more of the feeding, feeding frenzy vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Get into the presents. Rip it out. Um, what about the wrapping? What where, are you onto with that? Where am I on with wrapping? Um, I like to wrap presents. Okay. Where are you going with this? <laughs> well, I thought you'd like to know that Woolworths paper bags, so, you know, the ones at the checkout when you forget to bring your bags, um, they have a Christmas design on them and what you can do is you cut it up and you reuse it as wrapping paper. I have heard about this and I thought it was a brilliant idea. Of course, Woolworths has that and so much more to make your Christmas season special. Check out Woolworths Christmas via the link in your episode notes. Squiz recommends, Claire, 2024 is a US presidential year. As a casual observer, lots of chat I've noticed about a woman called Nikki Haley. The reason being, I've discovered she's running against Donald Trump for the Republican candidacy. She's having a late search, is what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Nikki Haley is a whole thing. I started tuning into her a little bit. I'm not claiming Nikki Haley by any stretch, but she was the United Nations ambassador Ambassador under under Trump. Yeah, under Trump. And she was quite impressive how she was able to wrangle Trump. Be that person at the UN and actually pursue his agenda, but do it in a very as reasonable way as she possibly could. She's very impressive. She's a former governor, yeah, and she's really having a go at this campaign. Yeah, she announced her candidacy very early on. She's sort of risen from a long shot to a real contender. I'm getting an early recommendation in to get across who she is. Um, you can do that via a podcast by the Wall Street Journal. It's a quick listen, which is why you know it's the end of the year. It's hard news, but mm. I think I think people can manage quick listen. Um, and it's all the details you need on her and her campaign. Um, Politico also have a great 
interactive look at all of the candidates, all mm. of the contenders. Put a link to that in your episode notes as well. Yeah, we're going to have to fight Alex Ty for this sort of stuff. He's so obsessed with this campaign. Is he? And US politics. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got an in-house expert on this stuff, all the machinations. Um, for me to recommend Ukraine, um, Forged in Fire, it was on Channel 9 on Sunday night. You can pick that up on Nine on now. Nine now. Yep. Uh, Chris Yulman is the former political editor for Nine. He also had that role at the ABC. He's someone who's known as being very straight. So seeing him really invested in telling this emotional story in Ukraine and how Australia's help is helping, um, mm. it's well worth the 45 minutes, I thought. It's also interesting um, the Ukraine-Russia war is something that has sort of fallen by the wayside as far as what we've been talking about and consuming. Um, but it could sort of is back in the news again this week, especially because the US is voting on whether they will continue to support Ukraine. And we saw former Prime Minister Tony Abbott over in the US he was in talking US, about yeah. this this week. Yeah, so he was at a function, I think it was by the Wall Street Journal actually, where the US House of Reps speaker was doing a panel thing and Abbott got up and asked a question from the audience and wasn't so much a question. It was a plea saying, mm. please clear this money. Please give Ukraine the support they need. Without that support, they won't be able to hold back Russia. Yeah. Tony Abbott, of course, has history with Russia and Ukraine because he was Prime Minister when MH17 went down. There's a couple of pretty heavy recommendations for yeah. you. We might get a bit lighter next week, but we may, <laughs> we may well not. We will see. Squeeze Press, Claire, we talked a bit this year about the great work Squeeze Kids is doing on media literacy, the teaching of our kids on how to become critical consumers of news and information. This week, Bryce and Amanda from Squiz Kids have put out a podcast talking to adults through the work they do and why it's important. We think that we're a bit ahead of the curve on this conversation. So this podcast episode is really laying out the case for why this action is really important. And it starts with, you know, really bringing squizzes into the loop about exactly what it's all about. Yeah, it's well worth a listen. Again, link is in your episode notes. If you have primary age kids and you don't know about Squiz Kids, that's worth a look too. Absolutely. Um, just Google Squiz Kids, search for it in your podcast app, Daily News for Busy Families. Um, it's a real winner. A couple of things we're currently pulling together, Claire, is our year in review content. So that content we're going to be rolling out while we are on a little break. We're keen to hear from you on what your favourite feel-good news story from 2023 was. If you're listening on Spotify, click on the episode, scroll down and at the bottom you'll see a little Q&A section. Just hit reply and you can tell us exactly what you thought the, the feel-good story of the year was. <laughs> it's okay. Got to well, put you on the spot. What I mean, was it's, yours? it's annoying, my answer. I mean, the Matildas is, I mean, Taylor Swift just generally. Yeah. Um, I, like the whole Barbie thing, but there's got to be something. Arnold Dix, I mean, I talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I, like, there's so many. I mean, I when you really look at the news, there's some great stuff that happens. Arnold Dix. <laughs> or great. Andrew Dix, as I like to call yeah. him. He's the guy, he's the Indian <laughs> tunnel guy, if anyone's not following along. Uh, there's, lo there's lots of wonderful things that happen in the world and oh, we, yeah. we're keen to celebrate them. Exactly right. Fat Bear Week for me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. That's a no-brainer. I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Weekly Wrap. If you've done your job and are following us on the News Club channel now, thank you so much. If you haven't done that, just hit follow top right of your podcast app. We'll be back next week. 